Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I've got Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And I've got... Thomas Patrick Dorian. Yes, sir. The Venerable Tom is here with us, and we are talking, we're continuing, I should say, uh, our uh, sort of romp through the cardinal virtues. <laughs> romping. We're romping. Uh, we're not wearing rompers, though, but we are. Thankfully. Uh, we, but we got tennis shoes on, and we are moving uh, uh, at a, a rapid pace through the cardinal virtues. A romp pace. A romp pace. And we, we're really, um, this is really cool. Uh, this is our third of the cardinal virtues, and I don't know that they're always in any particular order, uh, but we did them in a certain order. We started with temperance and fortitude, uh, and, and today we're talking about justice, and we'll talk about prudence next. Um, but um, justice is like a that's, a, that's a big topic. Oh, yeah. I mean, it covers everything, uh, includes matters related to politics and the church's teachings on politics and economics and, and of course, social justice uh, generally. Uh, but also, it's, it's, it's very relevant, the virtue of justice, to just our everyday life as Catholics as well and growing in holiness. So, I mean, there is just so much to be addressed. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to try to talk about all those things. And as we do, uh, just um, uh, as we look at justice... I, I'm always amazed as uh, as I look at these as the stuff we're going to talk about today. How much the church is involved, and I, I, I still remember maybe as a younger man, kind of a, a deep um, looking into my faith more when I became interested in these things, and I actually picked up a catechism, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the late '80s or '90s, and I, I picked this thing up and started looking at, and I was amazed to find out how much the church had to say about things like. Um, e- economic systems, the rights to personal property and self-determination about uh, like how the catechism actually tells us that socialism is bad. Yeah. And then th- I remember my first blush and even some of the people I talked to had said like, well, that's none of the church's business. The church is supposed to be about uh, like our relationship with God and getting to heaven. But this virtue of justice is one that like really helps us to get to heaven and we when we fully understand it, it actually calls us Right into a certain way of thinking and acting in our lives, and so it's actually very relevant that the church would have something to say about all these ways in which we live. So let's dive into justice. I guess let's start with kind of a um, the definition of justice as a virtue. Well, so it's a it's a virtue of the will, and it inclines the will to give others their due, both God and and also our fellow man. Like so, so what people deserve. Yes, like and that's important. Um, now. Justice is not the same as judgment, right? But sometimes we have to use our judgment in <laughs> in determining uh, justice, right? So there's there's a lot of things going on here, but I want to make sure people are uh, under you know like giving someone their due. It's like, oh, so I can punch Tom in the mouth if he says the wrong thing. Well, that was just that was that was just that's a, that's a little judgy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so. Yes, that's the justice. Ultimately, I mean, what it comes down to is our duties is is uh, and, you know, it's in the strictest sense, it doesn't have to do with our duties to ourselves. But again, it's it's to God and also to our fellow man. And, you know, there's a close relationship between justice and holiness. 
it's high praise for the Bible to say that Joseph is a just man. That's right. You know, yeah, I love how you mentioned uh, you say duties like yeah. So someone's just due like what they're yes. due, but really duties. And I like the idea that we understand we should understand that justice is not about what I am owed. Right. We we can discuss that. That's certainly relevant to the conversation. But really, it's it's relational. Justice is relational. Yes. How you relate to God and how you uh, relate to. Of uh, uh, fellow humans, right? Yes, um, and and even how you treat the environment, and I mean, all these things uh, come into play um, because it affects other people. And we're born into community, and how we uh, how we treat each other. So it's really justice is what we. Uh, how we treat others and God. Well, and there's a book, uh, Abandonment to Divine Providence, uh, by Father uh, Jean-Pierre Casal. Yeah, I read uh, all his stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing that's interesting, if you if you uh, if you crack open his book, you know he identifies a close. First, relation. you have to have it. <laughs> okay, just want to be clear. <laughs> you can Google it. Okay, good point. <laughs> but there's a close relationship between holiness and and our duties, and he 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 almost like reduces holiness. Uh, to fulfillment of our duties and talks about how God pours down his grace to help us fulfill our duties. And this includes just like our everyday duties, that which we owe God and owe others and the enemies at work trying to distract us from our duties, trying to confuse our duty, uh, confuse us about, you know, what we're actually supposed to be doing with our time and with our gifts and talents in our life. And so, and so being grounded in that for, for, uh, this this uh, priest, uh, Father uh, Jean-Pierre Cassad, you know, it is, that's how you tap into holiness and how you grow into holiness in that because God wants us to to live in accordance with the duties that we have and he's going to give us grace in accordance with his duties and that's where his grace is and if we want to find it and we want to live out his grace, we have to be willing to undertake the work that we're supposed to do. That's right and that's important. I, I love that because I, I also liken it to, uh, in terms of like, uh, like well, let's just say if you were um, uh, if you were trying to do some bodybuilding, you felt right. you felt weak or whatever, and you really want to just kind of get some muscle going, or maybe you were training like Tom always did for football. You know, you do your two a days or three, whatever you did a days, too many days, too many a days, mm. and and uh, you build yourself up. But if like you said, hey, I, I need to. Um, uh, I need to build some muscle, and so that morning you get up and you do ten push-ups, and you go, and you look in the mirror and go, like, man, nothing's changed. Yeah, right. And so you you see that as like, well, that's why they call it a regimen. It's something that you do, and you do it regularly, and then the fruit is born as you continually do this. In the same way, holiness, um, there there may be a regimental aspect to it where we make sure we go to mass, we make sure that we we set aside time to pray, we do the things that we're we're called to do as Christians, and that actually helps us increase in holiness, right? Because we're doing the duties, the things that we are uh, that we're required to do uh, in in this, and that increases our holiness. And that, I love that tie between duties and holiness and justice. Well, it also in, in includes the duties that we have to one another, and that's called commutative justice. There's different kinds of justice, uh, sort of sub-virtues of justice that we can we can explore here. And um, so, like, honoring mother and father, for one. I mean, that's an obvious one. There's a commandment that we are to honor our mother and father. And I think within that, just respecting the fact that there is a hierarchy that we're typically operating in. And different people are in different places right. in the hierarchy, but honoring... Uh, you know, and that's like there's a subvirtue called dulia, like paying respect to those who uh, are in authority over us, um, and where you know that extends as well to things like 
the president. You know, like you, you might say, hey, I really can't stand this particular president as a person and what they're doing. Um, however, there's still respect that's owed to the office, right? Yes. And and so and that's that's called dulia. We typically talk about that within regard to uh, the the honor and veneration that we pay to the saints. Uh, that have been and canonized. hyperdulia, yeah, to hyperdulia blessed to our blessed version. mother, yeah. right? Yeah, but there's actually a form of dulia that we just owe. Uh, generally, there's a level of piety that we owe um, to those who are in the hierarchy in our in our in our lives. And our mother and father, I mean, it kind of begins with that. Our life begins with being born into their care. That's right. right. And it's good for us. It's not something that we do because we're essentially enslaved. Right. Right. That we're, that we're mindless robots that are doing these actions. Yeah. Right. And so this is where we, we get in trouble sometimes with our separated brothers and sisters in Christ when we're talking about like faith and works and the relationship. Right. There are works that are really we're called into. And that right. also increases our faith and grows our faith, but then that grows our desire to do the good works as well. So there's a, there's a, a relationship there. And, and it's setting boundaries for ourselves, right? So, like, you know, going back to examples of, of those who might be in authority over us politically or in work and things like that, uh, setting, on one hand, making sure that we're paying the respect that we're called to pay uh, just based upon our station and where we are and where the other person might be. But at the same time, that does yeah, it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be obedient, uh, like like uh, like a servile uh, uh, slaves in that in that regard. You That's know, right. there's there's a limit to our obedience. There's a limit to uh, honor and mother and father for a child. A, 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 a mother and father can't tell a child to sin. You know what I mean? And and uh, yeah, so I mean, there's all sorts of different uh, limits. But we still also have to place limits on ourselves and make sure that we are being respectful and honoring. Of just sort of the structure that we're we're operating in, and that's that's what justice. There, there's that's a big part of justice, I would say, um, and, and also honoring the things that we've promised to do. You know what I mean? If if we've tell somebody uh, that we're going to check their mail for them while they're out of town, you know what I mean? Actually, being let your yes mean yes, and let your no mean no. Like being that's right. Uh, and, well, or, being a good worker. Yeah, being diligent at work. Yeah, I mean, actually, if you look at the Catholic moral theology, there's an argument that it's theft. If you're getting your wage and you're using that time to be on your phone and stuff like that, like that's not what they're paying you to do. You know what I mean? And and, and God will give us the grace to, to carry out our duties that we have. And if we've taken on a job, we've taken on a set of duties. And, you know, sometimes jobs, they have some level of openness in terms of how you use your time as long as you get this particular job done. If that's the case, that's that's a different situation. But having an understanding of what your duties actually are and fulfilling them and being diligent in them, that's also a part of justice. Yeah, and so uh, also you talk about like theft at work, but there's also real theft that you can do at work, like when you take things, things yeah. that aren't yours. And so the church has a lot to say about like property rights and things like that as well. Yeah, and that's restitution. That's another sub virtue uh, where you're actually having to restore property. And, and really, the teaching generally is, you know, you to be just, you have to give back exactly what you took, right? So, like if if you if I, uh, you know, you, you're very fond of your Ferrari, and uh, yeah. If, if, <laughs> The problem is it's hard to get in those matchbox cars. They're so small. You know, I need to lose some weight if I'm going to get in that little car. Yes, if I were to steal your matchbox Ferrari, you know, then I couldn't come back with a matchbox Lamborghini just because I thought it was just as good, right? Like, I would have to return that exact thing in order to be just in the state that it was taken 
Um, and, and so, like that's that's the default rule is is that there you really need to to, to pay restitution. You really need to honor and in, in giving back exactly what you took. Um, but I mean, what's underlying that is that property is a right. You know what I mean? And 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 so systems that are trying to eliminate property ownership, they're contrary to the natural law and they're contrary to virtue. Again, this is something that might surprise people when they're thinking like, well, what is religion? What does the Catholic Church have to say? And why that why why should they be vocal about whether or not this f- farmer is losing his his uh, generationally owned farm in his family, you know, for three, four generations or whatever. Why is this wrong? Why is this unjust? Because it's unjust, right? Right? Because the the state owes that uh, to in taking care of the people there. Yeah, and that's that's distributive justice, where the 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 the, the if you, and it's kind of for us, it's a little bit complicated because this is a, a you know a republic with democratic institutions, right? So you know to an extent, the people have some degree of 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 ability to uh, influence, or so we're told, the, yes. <laughs> what the government does. And so... Uh, well, we do. We vote. I mean, we're yes. supposed to vote, and this is why the church thinks it's important that we do uh, that, that we do have civic participation in voting. Yes. But then, like, unjust un- things the government can do is, like, you know, excessive taxation. Yes. Things like that. that, that those are... Things like I, I'm not saying taxes. I'm not. This is not a program saying don't pay your taxes. The government right. has no right to collect taxes. There, you know, tax taxation. You know, with representation, right? There, the, the the church would see that as that's fine. Yeah, that's that's part of the system how we have developed, um, and that's and it can be just, but it can be unjust if all of a sudden there's a you know a two hundred percent tax. On what you make. <laughs> well, let me put it this way: with regard to the government, uh, I mean, and yeah, I mean, regarding that, I mean, the uh, the, the church has condemned communism, uh, and and but really, the, you know, the, the the government is supposed to provide for the common good. That doesn't mean that it's supposed to just provide, uh, you know, just every everything under the sun for everybody. You know what I mean? And, That's like if if there's if if everything there's. I remember an economics professor at UT Knoxville when I went there on the very first day. He went in his first class. It was one of those big classes with like 250 people in it. And he writes on the board. He just wrote Tanstaffel. Right. And, and it's there like, no yeah, there ain't no such thing lunch. as a free lunch. And he walked out. That was his first lesson. And that's a lesson that's that's time honored. Like everything costs, and so when when a government says, "Hey, we're going to make all this stuff free," right. well, it's impossible. It ends up being unjust because when you when you make it free for this person, it ends up costing that person. And you might think like, "Well, they've got they've got so much they can afford." Well, who says how much is the right amount to take? And this is where you get into trouble. Yeah, when you start getting into systems like that, and that can be prob- very problematic. And justice also involves things like uh, protecting the right to life, protecting yes. know, things that are that are that are precious in the eyes of the Lord. Um, and, and so that's that's distributive justice. What about like legal? I mean, there's like the legal stuff, like following the law. And yes, things like that's that. legal justice. So then that's on the flip side. On our side, um, you know that so. You have a duty to follow the laws. Like, does that mean that like you're never supposed to go over the speed limit? Yes. Yeah. Well, so yes. it, it varies from place to place. So there's a, there's a cool there's a cool sub virtue of, of justice called epikia, which is about you know knowing the mind of the legislature of the legislator, right? And so what that means is is like if you're in a if you're in a city and you're in this city, like there, we're in Memphis, there are parts of Memphis where as long as you're like nine or below over the speed limit, like you're probably not going to get pulled over, right? And so if you're staying like 
if you're a few miles over the the speed limit, like that's really not a big deal at all, right? There are certain places though, like if you're going through a school zone or something like that, it could change things up. And so you really need to know where you are, right, and be in yeah. touch with. Uh, the customs, and if you if you're in a new place and you have no idea if you're driving through some country highway, yeah, I mean you you should probably be driving the speed limit or paying attention to what the speed of traffic is. You shouldn't be in the fast lane. You should be on the the side lane and and get a sense of what you know the general traffic is doing. But in general, you should be following the laws. Of the As land, a right? general rule, you should That's be following part the laws. Of, that, that is part, part of justice. Of justice. Yes. Now we've talked a lot about like. You know, the government, the society, the economics, the all these things that, you know, that are important parts of justice and why the church has something to say about them all. But uh, we should really turn our focus now, like, to our duty to God. So holiness and, and what justice calls us into in terms of a relationship with God. Yeah, I mean, and I think the one thing that we need to talk about is that all sin offends God, right? So, like, some, some people on the atheist side of things, like, raise the argument and be like, if this guy stole from me and then God forgives that guy, that's not his place. And it's like, actually, it is his place because God presides over the moral order of the universe just as he provides, presides over the universe. And if, if when that guy stole from me, he offended God. So is it wrong for me to pray that lightning would strike that person? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but, like, but, that, but that's at the core of sort of like what makes our... Uh, what makes our faith possible, right? In terms of God is able to forgive sins because God presides over everything, right? And so all sin offends God. And so God's relevant to all matters of justice, right? But then there's also our duty toward God in addition to like following, you know, the teachings of the church uh, and in terms of not offending others. But there's something called the virtue of religion, and that's a sub-virtue of justice. Right, so religion, now this is important because there's a lot of people out there, and we've heard this phrase so many times, you ask maybe some some of our younger folk, you know, who are not really happy with an with what they will call organized religion. Yeah, and they'll say, "Well, you know, I'm spiritual but not religious." Yeah, so that's and, that's, and, that's, and some people say, "Like, well, that's good, that's fine, right. that's a start." It's like, but really, that's problematic. It's an injustice to God. Yeah, right. Because he's due our. Um, uh, there, there. We have religious duties. Well, he it's his prerogative to determine the worship that he's due, and God instituted a church to do exactly that, right? right? And so, like, that's the thing is we don't get to say, oh yeah, I worship God in this way that's just unique to me. No, I mean, like, listen, if you want to do that in your private time and you have something that's personal to you and your relationship with God. Uh, you know, I would have to know what it is to, to make a comment, but I mean, but in terms of public worship, you know, God has instituted a public church. He has instituted a way of worship. He's let us know what, and, and he wants us to go to mass. You know what I mean? Like that's, like, that's right. And so if you look, if you look at the, if you, if you look like, well, everyone should, should open up their catechism. Yes. I, I don't remember the, the paragraph, but uh, you need to go uh, and just, uh, look for the precepts of the church. Yes. I mean, the church herself is laid out. So, if the church is essentially God breathes, so what what comes out of the church is what God has revealed yeah. of Himself to us through the church. There are precepts that God has revealed to us, and they're they're like the basic minimums. It's, it's things that you're called to. I mean, everything from you know receiving Holy Communion at least once a year. Yeah. Right. And going to confession at least once a year. Yes. Right. Uh, going to uh, mass every Sunday. Every Sunday, providing for the the material needs of the church. Yeah. Right. You you are actually it's your duty 
to put some money in the basket. And I, and yeah. I know it's not just down to the money. Maybe you don't have any money, and I get that too. But the reality is it's amazing how the times that I felt like I really didn't have a lot of money, but I didn't miss my Netflix payment. Right. You know, or I didn't miss the going out to eat or whatever payment for myself. And I look at myself and go like, yeah, I probably should have diverted some of that to the, to the church. Sure. And so making sure that's and, – and so the church says – and it's not about like the church saying like, well, you need to make a rule about us getting money because otherwise we're going to – fail as a business it's like that's not what's going on here this is about our our duty to god right duty to the church and and essentially our increasing in holiness and by doing these things right we we increase our own holiness yes and 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 then we increase our sense and our understanding of justice and we are able to live more in justice with this virtue and that virtue increases in us in the fasting days of fasting and abstinence that's the other yes th- that's right the church. one um but but yeah and so i mean if, if people say that i'm not being fed at church i mean here's the thing like it's not about your feelings or your preferences what yeah right right i mean like that's the thing is we we ultimately listen I, I'm a big believer in beautiful liturgy, big believer in it. And I think that the most beautiful liturgy is the most traditional liturgy you can get. I love uh, what they said in the Sanctum Concilium, Concilium yeah. and, uh, and uh, Vatican II, giving pride of place to uh, Gregorian chant and to Latin. And, uh, you know, I, I love a mass personally that is ad orientum as well. Um, I, and so I, it's not like I'm saying liturgy doesn't matter, okay? It does matter. But at the end of the day, we are we, when we are going to mass. It isn't about us and what we want. You know, it is about God and giving God the worship that He is due. And that's one of the reasons that I, I like the the, the ad orientum uh, aspect of mass is because we are all all of us are focused on one thing, and that's God right there in the tabernacle. Yeah. And there's something beautiful about a beautiful liturgy uh, that that transports you out of your everyday experience and lifts you. Uh, into a very sacred realm that's it's transformative yeah right so if you go to a mass and you feel like you feel like you're sitting in a gym and you're not really you know because sometimes i've had to like spill over masses that happen at certain parishes or the air conditioners down and you end up in the gym there's something different about that experience yeah sometimes it's necessary and as you point out rightly i would still go i would yeah. still go to that gym and i would still uh, do my best to experience uh, that sacredness, but the reality is there's something not right about sitting in a gym when you can sit in a beautiful, beautiful um, edifice. You know, you sit inside this building that's like designed to take you somewhere and to lift you up out of somewhere. Uh, there's something beautiful about that. So it's it it is, but at the same time, it you can't you shouldn't say well if I don't have that mass. Right. Then I'm not going. Well, it's it's justice on the part of the clergy to provide. I think the most beautiful, uh, God centered, uh, reverent, reverent mass yeah. that we can. Right, but then and and we can exercise choice as to what mass that we go to. But at the end of the day, some people don't have much choice. Yeah, and and we have a Sunday obligation, and whatever mass you go to to fulfill That's your right. Sunday obligation. It's not about. It's ultimately it's about God and giving God the worship that He's due. And and you know it could be sometimes we're going through a period in your life, even if there's a really beautiful mass, it's still hard for us to go through because we're just going through desolation and we're just kind of grinding through it. Guess what? 
like it might feel like you're doing nothing and it's a struggle and you're not getting fed. But guess what? You're actually overcoming the temptations of the devil who's trying to keep you out of mass. He's playing on your emotions. He's playing on your thoughts and you're grinding through it and you're making the choice through some fortitude based on our last conversation. And there's also <laughs> problems we should mention that there are the sort of the opposites of that kind of worship where we get oh, yeah. into things like. Uh, new age stuff and crystals oh, and yeah. uh, and superstitions, uh, horoscopes and uh, reading tea leaves or whatever it is. These are these are actually offenses like, against God. Oh yeah, the devil's trying to get that stuff yeah. too. He's trying to say, oh no, no no no, you don't want to do that kind of stuff. And you want to do like uh, astrology instead, or you want to try. And you know, people are practicing witchcraft left and right. I mean, at the end of the day. These are un- injustices to God because we're not giving God the worship that he's due. Instead, we're kind of trying to become God. You know, yeah. just like the, de- the devil said in the Garden of Eden, you know, ye shall be as gods. I mean, that's sort of the uh, what's underlying this draw to these new age practices. Um, right. You want to exercise control through, your, through things like... And the- I don't think necessarily people enter into it with that desire to exercise control. No, yeah. Sometimes they'll do it just thinking it's like going to add to their experience. Right. Like I'm just opening up, you know, I think God wants to speak me through this crystal. Or and this it's Ouija like, board. Yeah. yeah, right. And it's like, and that's obviously, <laughs> that's why it's good to like follow the precepts of the church, but also to recognize the church as the primary uh, arbiter, moderator, uh, you know, uh, uh, pro- pro- projector, uh, interpreter, whatever, so that we look at the church in the way like as an authority. Right. Right. And, and then our duty to the church is essentially fulfilling our, our duties to God in the way that God desires them. And, and when the church says that New Age stuff is wrong, it's wrong. In our previous episodes, we talked about rooting out vices uh, and to grow in these virtues. And so if we want to root out vices contrary to justice, in addition to rooting out superstition and New Age practices, if any of us are doing any of that stuff, theft, you know, murder, Certainly. you know, anything that's contrary to the law, usury. If you're, if someone asks you to uh, to borrow uh, money from you, and you're going to lend them at an unjust wage or unjust interest level, that is that's contrary to justice. Yeah, perjury, lying, gossip, detraction, disobedience. There's, like, there, there's one thing also: acceptation of persons, and that's giving excessive deference to other people as opposed to using your reason and following the church. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that we can that we can do, and when we say murder, I know I'm not probably talking to many murderers right now who are listening, you know. But the reality is there 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 are ways that we can tear people down and 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 remove their human dignity from our sight, and that's problematic as well. So all these things are are sins against against God certainly, but but they uh, they can destroy the virtue of justice in our lives. And we need to build that virtue of justice, our understanding of justice. We need to pray for an increase of this cardinal virtue and live in a way and do those duties that we're called to, to each other and to God. And justice will then flourish and these cardinal virtues will have done what they're, what they're supposed to do, right? And bring us closer to Jesus. And let's ask the Blessed Virgin to help us in this endeavor. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee 
at a time. 